0: Boil Sports has it all. Money back meetings every day. UK and Irish racing live streaming. Extra places and money back all losers offers. And a Bet 10 Get 20 welcome offer. Boil Sports, this is betting.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of Off the Fence, brought to you in association with Boyle Sports. We are your weekly go-to jumps digital programme, where we give you the lowdown on the jump season from now all the way through until the Cheltenham Festival. As always, please do hit subscribe on our YouTube channel so that you don't miss a single episode of Off the Fence going forward. And this is now where it starts to get very juicy, because coming up on this show, we'll be giving you our anti-post tips for the Cheltenham Festival. Some of them anyway. Uh, but we have to do all the other bits and pieces first, which includes of course reviewing the action with the boys, uh Tony Keenan and Barry Garrity. Tony, quick check-in with you. Uh how's your week been?
2: Yeah, all good. Um kind of been very quiet on the Cheltenham front in terms of having bets with a back four horses in the last week, so we're gonna give I think all four of those a mention. I think Barry has a few of his own, so we'll see how that goes.
1: Terrific, we're going from sort of naught to 60 pretty quickly on this show Uh, Barry, how was the last seven days since we spoke?
0: Yes, quite a week but uh, brilliant racing over the weekend between Sandown and uh, Nace so lots of enjoyable stuff there
1: Okay, well, brilliant wouldn't have been the adjective I'd have gone for, actually. I thought it was relatively tame, but as soon as you've labelled it as brilliant, we will kick off our What Happened Where section with looking at the action at Sandown Barry, and we will start with the Tolworth Hurdle, uh, won by Tamarus for the Paul Nicholls team, Uh, but for me, this was a bit of a race that fell apart due to the favourite not really showing up at all, and... He's now twelve to one for the Supreme tomorrow's uh, with Boyle Sports, and I don't want anything to do with him. I don't think in the Supreme.
0: Yeah, it probably it wasn't a vintage race. There's no doubt about that. But he was a good individual. I thought Harry Cobblin gave him a great ride. He's a big raw horse. He was untidy at the last two, but Harry was patient and he saved him and conserved him, um, and he, he won well at the debt Albeit it wasn't a strong race, as we said. But he is a horse for the future. And that was how Harry described him. He, he had a big future and over fences as well. Um, how he put him into the supreme picture he said he uh, couldn't see him out of the first four which you couldn't say was a vote of confidence um, but he's probably just short of that level at this stage but could be a horse of the future Paul Nichols uh, via Megan Nichols's daughter mentioned maybe a trip to Kelso which would be for the more battle hurdle in February instead of the festival albeit that Noel Feely seemed keen to go for the supreme so it'll be interesting to see but I'd say he has a little gap to bridge maybe with uh, Fasal Vega not that he's exciting everyone at the minute
1: yeah, just as a side note comment here, uh, Harry Cobden having such a terrific time of it, still such a young lad. Uh, for me, he's riding, you mentioned the ride he gave this horse in the Tolworth. I, th- I think he's still getting better and better, Harry. Would you agree with that?
0: Oh, definitely. He was brilliant. He was brilliant on Braveman's game as well. Same thing, just sitting patiently waiting, saving, saving, saving. He's not looking for any extra at any stage. He's just keep conserving. It's, you know, it's, it's, there's only one winning post. And Harry knows where it is, you know, he isn't in a rush to get to the front, he isn't in a rush to commit, he saves his horse and delivers him at the right time.
1: Okay, let's move on to Lev- Love Envoy um, winning the Listed race at Sandown. I mean, she she wins a lot of races this mare, and she's very much loved by the owners and the Harry Fry team. She's got a pretty good following behind her, and she's now four to one for the Mayor's Hurdle, Barry, um, with Ball Sports off the back of this latest win. We might see her again before the festival, even, but I mean, she's she's a worthy second favorite in this market, isn't she?
0: Oh, definitely, I think so. She's seven from eight. You know, she's she's been really good. She won the festival last year. She's a really good mare. She seems to be improving as well. And and Noel Feely touched on it afterwards how well Johnny Burke is doing at her because she's getting more and more relaxed, and that's helping her in the finish. Um, she's definitely a mare who's improving the whole time. She's rated one four four. Going into this, the handicapper may raise her. Just it's a reflection of her ability. Murray's Rock is 150. She's a year older, has more experience. Um, But definitely, um, Love Envoy is a, is a mayor on the way up and, and deserves to a second favourite. Uh,
1: any, I mean, it's all ifs and buts and everything, but does the mayor's hurdle trip really suit her? If, if In an ideal world, or dare I say, if there was no Constitution Hill, could you have seen her even being pitched in a champion hurdle?
0: Maybe, but that just could be a step too far at this stage. Um, okay. I think she's a gap. She's, she might have a little bit of catching up to do on Marie's Rock and it could be a step further again. But no, she's definitely two and a half mile on nice ground. If she gets that in Cheltenham, I'd say it would be ideal.
1: All right. Uh, Let's move across to Ireland, Tony, and bring you in at this stage. We'll focus in on the action at Nace. The um, Lawless of Nace novices hurdle saw Champ Kylie win uh, his grade one. He's now six to one for the Ballymore with Boyle Sports off the back of this debut grade one win. Um, But again, Danny Mullins from the front. He's lethal in these situations, isn't he?
2: Seems to be. Um, going forward seems to suit this horse as well. He he resented uh, settling in in the Royal Bond over-raced um, far too much, but going forward suited them here as it had in Tipperary and in Galway before that. Um, I'd be a little bit worried is he quite one-dimensional and how he'll be able to cope with trying to make all at Cheltenham and a Ballymore. Ballymore's probably going, going to be a biggish field, very competitive as Fassail Vegas, scares a few horses off uh, that might potentially run run the supreme. I do think um, Champ Kiley was very much suited to being Nace, uh, not necessarily going left-handed because he wasn't planning to, sh- to shift right at hurdles um, and that actually would be a concern with going to Cheltenham, uh, an even tighter track and the fact that there were four hurdles taken out yesterday would possibly have been in his favour but Nace tends to be quite a front-runner's track, uh, the straight is actually, it just seems to be very hard for horses to come from off the pace there, nothing really in the race on something that could get in the bar down rising so I think he was suit would the, the sort of configuration of the track he wasn't really powering away from Irish point late he made a mistake at, i think what was the second last the usual fourth last and the favorite was, was just very disappointing um green west now he's has to go down as a little bit of a fragile horse now he had excuses he, he was coughing um post race but I, I don't think this is ballymore winning form unless champ Kaley's going to be able to step up again i think that there's there's better challengers and that there may be better challengers within his own yard
1: Okay, interesting thoughts in regard to that horse then. Um, What about Appreciate It, Tony? Obviously a race tinged with sadness due to the fatal fall of Top Bandit and the injury that then happened to Jack Kennedy. Um, But in terms of the winner, Appreciate It. Again, another solid performance from him over fences. I'm not getting too carried away with him at this stage.
2: I think that's fair uh, i think he was better than a punch I mean, you, you don't really know because of what happened to, to, to his main market rival but but he looked a bit better um his jumping was late was pretty good he's the kind of horse that would take a little bit of getting fit he's quite big um testing ground at nace two match probably would have suited him uh, on sunday yeah it was it was a little bit of a step forward i do suspect with him though that he will be better if he goes up and trip. Like this has looked the way with him all along the supreme that he won was it was on pretty deep ground some of his impressive wins there as, as, as a novice hurdler wearing testing ground at Um although you do get the sense that Willie Mullins he is going to stick to the minimum trip um, until he gets beaten now whether he is going to have another run before Cheltenham I don't know he has a lot of options for the Irish Aracel, um with Al Fabiolo and Dicer Dynamo also so I, I don't know does he want to run the three of them against each other um, at the Dublin race to pass so we'll just have to see
1: Interesting. Well, in regards to Willie's Novice chases, we do have a very good question coming up on that. So stay tuned uh, very shortly. Barry, just a quick mention about the race from you. Um, obviously, the aftermath with, as I say, the fatal fall to Top Bandit and then the injury to Jack Kennedy. Your heart goes out to Jack Kennedy. I mean, how can a young man, how is it fair that he suffered so many injuries and yet he keeps coming back? He's won so many grade ones and now he's got another pretty serious injury to overcome.
0: Yeah, definitely it was it was a tough one and and really tough on connections of top banded but but Jack has I texted him earlier on to see who he was um, he has an undisplaced fracture on both the tibia and fibula. Um so both bones in his, his shin bone if you like. But the trouble with the tibia the tibia is a weight-bearing bone. So it's a little bit slower to heal um and it's just a case of when you can put it under full pressure. Um he's probably tight enough on time between here and the festival to make it. He has age on the side. Um, and unfortunately for Jack as I said to him in the text he knows more about these things than I do at this stage so it's he's had a really tough time but uh, he was leading the championship 18 clear on Paul Townend um, you know, he was teed up in a nice position to maybe win his first championship so a really tough blow for Jack I hope he can make it back for the festival because he's a top class rider and a great ambassador for the sport and all
1: yeah he really is so best wishes to him and condolences obviously to the connections of Top Bandit Um, Let's move on to question time. This is our first of the season, of this season of Off The Fence anyway. And we've got some very good questions in here, all sort of in and around some big name horses. Uh, The first of which though, Barry, we'll come to you first, I think, with this one. And the question is, how would you rank Willie Mullins' two to two-mile, two-and-a-half-mile novice chasers? And how would you split them between the Arkle and the Turners? So to list them off, we're looking at the aforementioned depreciate It, Dysart Dynamo, El Fabiole, saint James de Burley, and Allegor de Vassi, the mare. Um, I mean... Any of these horses would be an absolute top, top, top-notcher and a real star of any stable. So, as always, it's pretty bonkers that they're all in the one yard. Um, I guess, Barry, who of those names do you see as, gen- as proper genuine two-milers at this stage?
0: Yes, yeah, so I'd see Alfabiola, Fabiola, who a neck behind John Bonn at the entry festival last season over hurdles and a two mile novice hurdle and I'd see him as being a real two miler his jumping was adequate and various. he definitely improved the experience he got a bit low and rubbed a few and Dysart Dynamo on the other hand I was really impressed with him Um, he seemed more relaxed albeit he did go hard from the front in what was a non-event but he seemed more relaxed and he's a horse who's he's developed a lot physically he's a big imposing horse now jumped really well for he fell at the third last in the supreme when still travelling last season but he was a bit brave a bit erratic over hurdles in a bit of a rush but he seemed very measured lots of scope really good um, I'd expect a big performance of him going for the Dublin Racing and Festival and if you look into his form you probably don't have a lot to go on because he disappointed after that fall in uh, in Cheltenham but when he won the Moscow Flyer which is a grade 2 novice hurdle in Punchestown he won at 11 seconds and 12 seconds faster than the two maidens ran that day so that's a seriously high level that he has raced at. Um, I think he's a big future. For me, he could be the one for the Arkle. Um, and I just wonder if he does put in that performance or level of performance that I think he's capable of, would that maybe steer appreciated towards the two and a half? Um obviously he's a pointed former pointed pointer. He won a bumper over two mile four in Lepperson in Christmas twenty nineteen. So he is possible up on trip. James De Burley likewise put in a good performance in Ferrios, he'd enjoy the trip. Um but the other one there who's probably more likely to go for the Mayor's Chase but Gory Divasi really impressive in Limerick she's only had one run I'm sure she'll get another run between now and the festival but uh, Concertista went to the festival last season as favourite for the Mayor's Chase with only two runs and her jumping on the day was found out by the more experienced opposition so I wonder is there a little bit of thought on whether this one should be going for the Turners against novices against their own grade rather than taking on the more experienced Mayors
1: oh that is very interesting so Barry and so Tony we know you agree given what you've already uh, sorry we know you disagree with what Barry's saying given what you've already said about appreciate it because you expect him to stay at two miles until he's beaten at that distance um so same sort of question to you then Tony of those horses we're talking about in that group who else do you reckon is a genuine two miler versus being able to step up and trip at this stage in their career
2: Yeah, I'm not going to answer your question. I kind of, Barry's answered that there. I'm going to be a real politician here and answer a totally different question. Um, Okay. I I had a look at the article there. The article is one race I would have no interest in having a bet in at all at the moment. Um, it's, It's too competitive. Um, you have a favourite there, the, first of all that the John Bond plus the three Willie Mullins horses that are trading in around the 4, 5, 6 to 1 mark are taking up about 83% of the market and there's still another 3 or 4 in it there that are kind of live chances. Like John Bond, he might be a little bit short but you couldn't call him a terrible favourite. Um, I thought Boot Hill give his farm a nice boost now over Christmas on ground that he wouldn't have liked. You have the three Willie Mullins horses there and maybe the Dublin Racing Festival would clarify that where they fit in um based on what Barry says and I would agree like Dice or will look the more assured jump or El Fabiolo look like a horse that like could crack off one. They're novice chasers, that Irish article, rich history in that race of the full field never completing because their novice chasers are unexposed one of them would probably tip over. That's generally what you have. Um, but then you have a few sort of ones in there that you couldn't rule out like Banbridge had excuses in the Drinmore's already done over course and distance. Field door had excuses at Christmas would still have a bit of a life sandwich. You know he he's won his grade ones. The Arkel would be the kind of race that I would have no interest in having a bet in at the minute. Could definitely wait for that. But if we come to the the other novice chases later. i much more interested in them. I think they're much more appealing betting races at the moment.
1: Okay. Just okay. On, well, on
0: that, Vanessa. Um. Just I agree with Tony as regards to the Arkel. But the one horse we forgot to mention is Sir Gerhard, and he would have a big bearing as well on what could happen in the Turners if he does turn up. And that's obviously a big if. And time is getting short for him to get the level of experience he'd need. Plus, if you take into account how novice he was in his second run over hurdles, which was in a grade one, um, he didn't jump brilliantly in Leppeson that wet day. So he's a horse who will probably benefit from experience and whether he has the time to get that would be a big question.
1: OK. Um, Tony, I, now I'm nervous that you're not going to answer any of these questions, <laughs> but the next question for you is, which bumper horse has most taken your eye this season? Seems an open year.
2: Yeah, very open year. Um, maybe start with the big picture stuff with the champion bumper. Very different to the last two seasons. Um, really at this stage of the season or shortly after the race could be distilled down to two big contenders. You had Gilcrit and Sir Gerhard um, two years ago. Last year you had Vegan and American Mike. It looks nothing related to that this year. Um, the two big yards have had, I think, issues of their own. Like Gordon Elliott went into Lappertstown there on December 29th with three horses that had won bumpers last him out and, and the three of them weren't mapped. So he, he's probably a bit edgy after that. That his What sort of strength is his bumper team? that, that They really were very well beaten in but was effectively a graded bumper. Um, Willie Mullins himself went through a really quiet time there, kind of from late October to late December. I don't think he had a bumper winner. He had one that was thrown out now in Punchestown, Town, uh, Leckie Watson, but there wasn't a winner between those two months. Now you would be expecting the floodgates to open. He had a few winners over Christmas um half decent winner there at cork with the mayor fancy girl on Satra so so maybe there's, there's more depth to come with him. But but there, there really are there's loads of interesting ones. Um, there was a horse won at Punchestown called Slade Steel. Henry de Bramhead was talking champion bumper stood after now he, he was well um touted before the race like Henry de Bramhead basically never runs a horse in the champion bumper I think he's had one in his lifetime um Super Sunday um I think that was back in 2015-2016. That form looks quite solid the, the Willie Mullins horse that was second was quite well back. the, the other Willie Mullins horse and Tord um, was one that acquired from another yard, was really strong in the market. The horse that was fourth, Edward O'Grady's, went very close to winning the Ferry House in New Year's Day, a mile clear to Tord, that form looks okay. You also thought the bumper on St Stephen's Day looked quite a hot race, Pearl of fee of Gordon Elliott's um, just beating Willie Mullins as Did I Ask You That, and I think you could make cases for both of those and better than the form. Elliott's horse kind of got chopped off in his run and probably did well to win the circumstances and. Paddy Mullins, I'm going to say he got a tarded in this race. I think Barry was the one to point this out last year at Christmas a plutard making the move too early. I think Paddy Mullins has said himself he made the move a bit early on this horse, Um, just got there a bit too soon. He pretty green when he hit the front, but he plugged on well, turned him pulling and clear. And also, he was saying recently that that horse wasn't long. Um, in the yard with them so there might be more improvement to come with him and the other one he, this horse might be a little bit ground dependent it's going to be Willie Mullins' chosen witness he was just really impressive down in Limerick winning on bad ground kind of coming off a pint to pint background um, so yeah there, there, there'd be the, the three or four I haven't even mentioned Tom Mullins' horse that won fast Motor. mode we haven't heard anything about someone buying into him as yet but uh, we, we believe he's on the he's on sales track so yeah really deep champion bumper I'm, I'm sure Willie Mullins has, has a few more to come out yet
1: OK, well, that was a pretty detailed answer to our bumper question then. Um, and, Tony, we're going to move on. Next question can come your way first too. Uh, could Shishkin's flipped palate explain his poor Tingle Creek run and where next for him? What do you think is the next step for Shishkin, Tony?
2: Which well, sure, flipped palate is just something that needs a bit of a, a breeding operation. That, that sounds main or but i just interested in Barry's thoughts on this. I think we see this time and again when sometimes these star horses have a very hard races. the nature of these grade ones, grade twos that they're well run, proper tests, proper races, but there's been loads of examples of this, like obviously Altier, say her name was one, um, even if you go back to Saiz and John when he won the John Dortley, Rambam, Quick at Leppertown, Christmas is never the same, that good horse that was for the Albert Bartlett last year, um, Hillcrest backed up a bit quick, it just it, it takes time to overcome them and you kind of wonder are the horses ever right afterwards, and Shishkin is the the race on Ascot last year, he has this kind of bone condition afterwards. Now he's picking up breathing issues. I don't know, Barry, from your own experience riding and stuff like that in these real hot races, do some of these horses, do they never overcome them or what do you think?
0: Yeah, it does happen, um, but it's an individual thing, i suppose. Um, Shishkin is a horse who's always raced behind the bridle plenty. Um, and albeit it was his first run, it was late enough in the season that I would say the level of work he had in going there probably would be high enough. So I wouldn't say he would have needed the run desperately. Um, I don't think it was the grueller that maybe that uh, Altior got against Surname. So I think he can go back out of this. As regards the wind, as you mentioned, Tony, it's only a small enough operation. He'll miss 10 days. And I suppose the Ascot chase could be an option for him um, on the 18th of February. But the only downside to that is its proximity to Cheltenham is only over three and a half weeks. So a little bit of a quick turnaround. Not ideal but if the Ryanair or somewhere at the Gold Cup's direction is gone, he'll have to get a run in.
1: OK, Tony, the next question is for you. Uh, this one is from Mark Jordan, and he asks, how many winners will Willie Mullins have at the Cheltenham Festival this year?
2: Uh, probably a lot, I'd say. Uh, look, last five years, Willie, Willie's gone seven, four, seven, six, and 10 last season. Is he stronger than ever this season? He probably is. Um, Looking at the graded races only now today, I think his implied winners, that's looking at the odds and the, how many winners are they going to produce. So something like, uh, let's say Alaho is 2 to 1 at the minute, that, like, that's uh, 0.33 of a winner. So he's coming out about five and a half, six 6 winners at the minute. I think that's a bit low because it's not really factoring in the National Hunt Chase RSA. You have the same horse popping up twice there. Gallo- the Ryanair is a little bit of a up in the air race with Blue Lord and uh, Alaho, and the bumper needs to be tied up. I would say the le- he's he never really wins a handicap chase. I don't think he's ever won a handicap chase at the Chatham Festival. he's usually good for at least one handicap order winner um, a year at it. I'd set his the line probably about eight eight and a half. Um, might even be a bit low at that. That's what I'm thinking at the moment
1: wow okay um barry next question for you uh this is from marcus who asks what do you think of champion hurdle or retirement for honeysuckle the interview with peter maloney at nace on sunday revealed plenty this is obviously where racing manager took any alexander said that honeysuckle would either run the champion hurdle or be retired e.g cutting out the option of the Mares' hurdle and marcus wants to know what you think of that barry
0: Oh, I think that's that is the right call. She's obviously a dual champion hurdle winner, brilliant mare, has to be respected, and it'll be just interesting to see how she turns up at the Dublin Racing Festival. As I mentioned before, I don't think she ran far below her her, her you know her true form in the Hattons' Grace. so she doesn't necessarily bounce back. Need to bounce back. I think she's a better mare on better ground. Leopardson will suit her better back to two mile. Um, But she would have to be in her A game to win or be competitive in the champion hurdle or to win or be competitive in the mayor's hurdle because there's plenty of depth in that. So I think it's the right decision to go and try and defend her crown and and see how she goes. But that's if she gets it. We'll see if she does in Lepernet first.
1: Yeah, it was music to my ears to hear that. But like you say, the first box that needs to be ticked is uh, Leopardstown. Because otherwise, if she doesn't show up there, then it'll be retirement. I would imagine anyway. But anyway, time will tell. Um, Cheltenham Time has asked question number six. Barry, you can. this is for you again. It's definitely not for Tony. Which horse, apart from the obvious Constitution Hill, would Barry like to ride at this year's festival?
0: Well, there's probably been two superstars um, of last season um, and one was Constitution Hill and the other was Gallop and the Champ. So if I was to have a go, I would love a go on Gallop and the Champ. I loved how he settled in the John Dorkin that opens up doors for him in the future. Open trip, obviously the Gold Cup being the target. But you would have to, I'd be waiting for the day before I'd be getting involved because if the ground does cope soft in the gold cup, that adds a massive layer on stamina. And he's a horse to travel so well and has lots of pace. He wouldn't just want to be found out on too soft a ground. We're on good ground in the gold cup, he could be flying around there in fourth gear all the way. So um he's the one I'd want to be on. I think he's a gorgeous horse. I'd love him but um I'd be waiting until close of the time to make an investment.
1: Okay, interesting. Uh, question number seven, Tony, this one is for you. One horse trainer and jockey under the radar You might who you think might do well at this year's festival, Ask Warren Barlow. Uh,
2: I think the nature of the sport is, at the minute is there's very few under the radar horses um, and trainers. I let Barry deal the one with the jockeys. I do think Barry Connell has a, a few interesting horses this season, particularly the novices. Marie-Nationale got farm boosts of sorts there at the weekend at Nice and I was talking about Goodland last week, so I'll go with him. I'd like to see him get a winner at Cheltenham.
1: Okay, what about you Barry?
0: Yeah, well, jockeys, obviously Jack Kennedy, there's a question mark or a doubt about him making the festival, um, which opens the door then for Jordan Gainford and Sam Ewing. Jordan rode a brilliant race on the Shunter two years ago at the festival when he won a good handicap chase there. So I think Jordan's a very good rider um, and likewise, Sam Ewing, we saw a brilliant effect and on Chepstow on Peregrine Run, and then the day later and the uh, Welsh champion Hurdle and Lass on Efronock Fizz. So two very capable riders and um, Sam is only maybe 19 and Jordan probably 21 or 2 so lads in the early stages of the career but definitely very very capable and And if Jack isn't in Cheltenham or even if Jack is in Cheltenham there'll still be chances with spare rides and um, second strings and whatnot from Gardens as well so I think two lads with, with uh, plenty of action
1: yeah we might see um, some of a few people maybe getting their first taste of Cheltenham Festival glory. Let's move on to tipping time again, another new section for this season. Uh, this is where we're going to get stuck into a few anti post bets for the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, both Tony and Barry have put forward horses that they think uh, might represent a bit of value, but I'll let them make the case for them. Tony, we will come to you first. You've put forward four selections, as you say, we haven't had anything in this regard, and now bang, you've come to us with four so take it away please Tony.
2: Yeah just, just having a little look back at the stuff from Christmas and looking at the markets, kind of ignoring them a lot before Christmas but we're kind of at that stage now where they're a bit more interested in them. I'll just go through the four and then maybe give the cases uh, I'm going to go with James de Berlay, um for the Turners uh, Gayard de Mini for the Broadway, I'll talk about that in a minute um, Scarlet and Dove for the Mayors and for, for Vaurie Duchamp for the Albert Bartlett. look I, I think part of the we are finding a bit of anti post um, juicing the prices, is guessing where Willie Mullins is going to run his various novices. I'm quite happy that the, the Turner sets up well for uh, James de Berle. He's actually as good a hurdler as any of the novice chasers Willie Mullins has um, this season per official ratings. He was rated 160 um, when he came over from France, and we're we'll probably Well, I'm no expert, in fact I don't know anything about his French form, but he he seemed to be near the top or at the top of their hordlers that season. He came over for the champion hordle in his first run, didn't show really anything, but was very strong in the market. And then he went to Punchestown, and put in a a really good effort when second to Classical Dream, uh, travelled very strongly through the race, I just thought he didn't quite get home over what is an, a very easy three miles of punches that race actually isn't even over three miles I think it's two seven and a bit just was losing ground on classical dream um from the last hurdle so he does look like a two and a half miler to me I thought his chase debut in fairy house was, was really good jumping was excellent there was one mistake um good time um and this race that the turners unlike the article it just doesn't look like there's going to be an awful lot of runners. You've you Mighty Potter at four to one at the top of the market, respect him very good in the drain mode, but he's already got one disappointment at Cheltenham on his C V. Um then you've a lot of horses that aren't going to run and you've James DeBair who looks kinda of made for it. So I'll be quite happy with him at seven or eight to one. Um Gayard de Mini, I'm just going to take a chance that he's a grade one horse and he's actually going to go for the grade one race. Um, he was third in this race last year and it looks a much, much stronger version of that race uh, with Lamb Press winning it, your uh, second, another Grade 1 winner in Fort Cappadano and I thought Gayard Mani had things just go arseways in the race from last year. Um, he got behind off a steady pace, made a couple of mistakes late and ran, as well, I think he, he had divide um the Jiggenstown Faller at the second last. Ran as well as could be expected. He looks a much sharper model this year. Excellent run in the Drinmore. He's a bit workman like at Leopardstown at Christmas. But I don't think he's the type of horse to, to win too impressively. And I think Paul Towner was keen to do two things with him. Then he wanted to keep him out wide. which looked to be a bit better ground. And he wanted to get him a lead. Um, And I think just these two races are chalk and cheese. He's 7-4 to four for, for the National Hunt Chase. Um, The owner has another horse that could possibly go for that. Ramillies. Um, William Munns does not seem to have an awful lot for this three-mile race at the moment. Um, Manella Kakuna just ruled out for the season there this evening and Classic Getaway, we don't know where he is. I looked through his stable tour there from earlier in the season he just doesn't seem to have another horse super far. for So I'm quite happy to take the chance to at the one that he will go for the, the better race and I, I think if he wasn't time for it he, he'd be just the favorite without any doubt. Marriage um, just won't belabor this. Talked about this horse last week um, Quite keen, quite keen to take on the two novices at the top of the market. Both of them have looked very good, but both of them are quite inexperienced. Uh, Scarlett and Dove has the experience, went close in it last year. Um, good winner on New Year's Day, again quite a good time. Think she's going to be better going left-handed. Brian Cooper struck up a real good partnership with her. She is a little bit tricky, We seems to figure figured out how to ride her. A uh, kind of small field might suit her, like to be kept away from others. And again, it's just quite a tin race, i would be happy with her. And then lastly, Favori de chame um Albert Barton market, nothing really standing out in it yet, but he he's been getting racking up the experience. He's the kind of older type of staying novice, he's got plenty of uh, runs under his belt that sometimes suits this race. His performance in Limerick at Christmas, I thought, it was really good visually, but it was very strong on the clock. Now I've been talking about uh, you know, maybe going against top horses here and there. It's it's all with the market reaction. Like I was talking about John Bond a few weeks ago. John Bond was six to four for the Ark, with loads of credible challengers. Where this horse is kind of twelve to 14 to one second second favour for the Albert Barton in the race, where nothing else stands out. Bar Hidden Valley Lake was pretty good, but is quite inexperienced. Um, Gordon Elliott has never won the Albert Barton. He had some horrible luck in it, though, in fairness, like Jinto, um, No More Heroes, Trouble in Running, uh, Fury Road a very close. Commander of Fleet was seconded. The type of horse he buys, the type of horse he trains, like. There would be Albert Bartlett types, staying types. So yeah, so th- that'll be my 4 uh, quite a bit. Now it might go another four weeks. Four we've another few, but I think they're all kind of. I think they're all kind of overpriced at the minute, and hopefully that one of them might give us a rattle.
1: Okay, love it, and um, so of of Tony's four, you've got Gaylard de Manil has been price boosted to eight to one for the Brown Advisory with Ball Sports. James Burley and the Turners ten to one price boost with Ball Sports. Uh, de however that you say it in the Albert Bartlett is sixteens with the price boost with Ball Sports, and then Scarlet and Dove is thirteen to two price boosted with Ball Sports. So, um, plenty of value for you, and you need to head to the Ball Sports website to take advantage of these price boosts. And, of course, the same rules are going to apply to Barry's three selections. Please take it away, Barry. Who has caught your eye at this early stage in the anti-post markets?
0: Well, I've been watching Gaelic Warrior. Um, I saw him more, but I've been waiting to see him come back because he's a horse who really excites me. He obviously went down by a short head to Brazil in the Boodles hurdle last year, and Brazil has franked that for him since and done really well. Um, but Gaelic Warrior, he has the option here, of the Supreme, but I can't see him taking on Fasal Vega. And a lot of people are... are, are uh, Fasal Vega and his performance in Lepriston and the level of his form and the bumper form but if you go back to his bumper win um, at the Dublin Racing Festival in February it clocked a three second faster time than Vauban beat Fildor and Icar- Icariel Temps, I think is that what they call him um, so it's just a level of how strong... That is that is a strong time... Against a quality field... Um, so I think people are finding... Are looking to find fault in FaSa Vega... I don't think it's there... I think he'd be very hard to beat... So I'd imagine Gaelic Warrior... Will go for the Ballymore... Um, and like Dysart Dynamo... We mentioned earlier... Physically, he's improved. He's a big, robust horse now. I think lots of scope, lots of potential. He won his maiden by 86 lengths, which never happens. And um, it mightn't have been a vintage race, but you'd have to be impressed with the style he did it. So I really like him. Hermes Allen, I think, is a smart horse, but I wouldn't mind opposing him with Gaelic Warrior. And um, then I have appreciated who we mentioned earlier on, Daisat Dynamo, El Fabiolo. I see going for the the Archon. so I think the the door is open for this fellow for the Turners. Um, obviously a high class horse. He won the Supreme really well two years ago. Um, he hasn't been asked a question over of fences, and he schooled around nice. I thought his jumping was sharper. Um, he's going the right way. He can only do what he's what he, what he what he can do to beat what's in front in front of him. But um, he's had two nice schools around, and maybe he get another run between now and Cheltenham. Um, and then my third one is um, what do I have for the third one? I have Blood, <laughs> Blood <laughs> Destiny. You
1: do, Blood yeah. <laughs>
0: Blood Destiny, who was third in, or sorry, Blood Destiny, who won in Cork, really impressive, bolted up on the day, jumped really well, flew the last three. The second horse has won since, the fifth horse has won since, and probably above all, but Paul Townham when he was asked after the race, what did he think? And he said, this side's close to the top, so that speaks for itself. So I think this one has good value. Obviously, they've got the favourite with Lassie Mout, but I think there's great value in in Blood Destiny, and that might shorten as well if this fella turns up at the Dublin Racing Festival and puts in a performance there.
1: Okay, Blood Destiny currently fourteen to one with Ball Sports for the Triumph, so plenty of value in there. Courtesy of the boys, do head over to the Ball Sports website, and for the price boost horses, please check out their specials tab where you will find these offers. They've been very generous, so thanks as always to Ball Sports and lads. That I think wraps up the show. We've rattled through all the action there. Um, thank you to you two as always. Thank you to you viewers out there as well. Uh, please do hit subscribe give us a like give us a retweet whatever you want and of course send in your comments as well we read them all specifically on YouTube so do get involved with them Uh, but for now thank you very much for watching that was Off The Fence Boyle Sports has it all
0: Money Back meetings every day UK and Irish Racing live streaming, extra places and money back all losers offers, and a Bet 10, Get 20 welcome offer. Oil Sports, this is betting.